This is The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. You are in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. The start of a new week, and guess what? Tom Brady can still get it done. Uh. <laughs> oh, Jeremy's already sick and tired of hearing it. You got at least another week of this, bud. Uh, yeah, I have exactly six more days of this. Because I would wager about six days from now, it's all going to come tumbling after. Well, uh, that that's going to be fine. Um, this is this is about as far as I expected us to get. So well, you say it's going to be fine, but the the level of animus and devastation that will be on these airwaves one week from today, no, not oh, going to happen. Oh, it's going to happen. Not going to happen. Look, I you're mean, talking to a guy whose team has been to three AFC Championship games that I full well knew we had no shot of winning. Right. I was still devastated the next day, mm-hmm. all three times. Mm-hmm. And I will be a little down, but I can I can chalk this season up as a success. I have already marked it in my book of success. Move on. Anything from here on out is gravy. We beat the Saints. That's all I needed. I would be remiss if I didn't start this show with a series of things. Okay. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Jared Goff. Baker Mayfield, Jeremy Pruitt. I mean, it's Victory Lap Monday. That's that's what, that's what I'm doing today. Yeah, welcome into the program. The Sports Take with Jeremy Green heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. This first hour of the program, as always, brought to you by Ingles. Low prices, love the savings over the weekend. Yep, we, we've got the Final Four set now. Um, we've had some coaching changes uh, in the NFL. Well, sources reporting deals are close with two head coaching positions, the Los Angeles Chargers that one's and done. the Detroit They've Lions. They've already announced him. Oh, it's done. Yeah, Staley's already done. Okay. Now it's just a, the formality of Dan Campbell because he wants to do exit interviews. <laughs> like, really? You don't think they can handle that without you? Right. Okay. You know, you do what you do. It's already a confusing enough hire. We just, we, I mean, we just really want to hang on to every second I can with a winner. Yeah, because you're headed to Detroit and, you know. You know what you're getting. That's that's not been it's not been great. <laughs> right. I have to finish the job. All right, let me ask you a question that I did not ask you this morning in the sports talkers. Uh, okay. Is there anything over the course of the weekend that changed your opinion about how this season is going to come to a close? Anything that changed my opinion on how the season is going to come to a close. Um Yes, the Pat Mahomes concussion really does make me think this Kansas City run might be over. Every person I've talked to said there's virtually no shot Mahomes doesn't play this week. Okay. The, well, if the, he plays, the cognitive today, it all it, it's trending that he's going to play. Obviously, with concussions, you never know. Right. Things can happen. Right. But apparently, he progressed from yesterday to today in a way that makes people close to it think he's going to play. I'm okay. going to level with you. If Kansas City at full strength plays Buffalo at full strength, Buffalo wins. 
I disagree. I don't. I know you don't. If Baker Mayfield was not unequivocally one of the five worst quarterbacks I've ever seen in the playoffs, yeah, they would have won yesterday. They were given every opportunity, mm-hmm. and you couldn't do it. And you know why? For the very same reasons I've been telling you on this show for ever, for four years, I believe. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's been four years. Yikes. I didn't realize it until just now, and now I feel like really old. <laughs> and it's only going to make you feel older and older as the years tick by. I was still in my 20s when we started doing this. Oh, wow. Yikes. You put it in those terms, it does make it feel like we've been doing this forever. Um, no, I, I Kansas City at full strength, I think they beat the Buffalo Bills. I um, don't. I think there's, there is something about this Buffalo team mm-hmm. and the way that they can just beat you no matter what you do. They can beat you at your game. They can beat you at their game. Mm-hmm. Just, and here's the best question. Who on earth wearing a Kansas City Chiefs helmet is going to defend Stefan Diggs? Or is he just going to get whatever he wants? The Ravens doubled him for the vast majority of that game. And you know what Josh Allen's uh, solution was? Oh, yeah, I got John Brown on the other side. Mm-hmm. No big deal. Mm-hmm. No worries. I just look at this team and I, go, I, I don't know how you're going to beat them. Yeah. And I've been saying that for weeks. There's something about the momentum and the city and the drive and everything. It's Buffalo. Okay. They'll figure out a way. You would have said that about Kansas City literally three years ago. Yep. See, you're one of those that I wants to have. be. you. In, to keep from being wrong, you'll be late to the party. Okay, explain that. Right now, I feel like the Buffalo party has begun. Mm-hmm. And now you're trying to avoid being wrong, so you're not jumping on it. Going, ah, Kansas City, still a thing. Still. Well, you're best. trying to tell me that Kansas City's not a thing. I'm not saying they're not a thing. What I'm saying is the team I saw Saturday and the team I saw Sunday, mm-hmm. you put them on the same field, which we're getting ready to do, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll take Buffalo all day. Okay. And to me... It doesn't really matter if Pat Mahomes plays or not. I mean, obviously, (laughs) obviously it will be a much better game with Mahomes. I don't think it changes anything. Oh, it absolutely changes. I'm talking about outcome wise. Obviously, it's a much better game. Kansas City's all that. I I get Mm -hmm. that. What Mm -hmm. I'm saying is, I don't really care. I'm going into this with a full belief that Pat Mahomes is going to play, and I don't care. I'm looking at Josh Allen, going, "How are you going to stop him?" And after watching how Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt just gashed this Chiefs run defense, mm-hmm. I mean, a 17-play drive in the second half, there was no opposition. Yeah, the Buffalo Bills aren't, can't do that, though. They don't, have, they don't have the running game to be able to do that. This is going to be shootout, your best against my best. I get Pat Mahomes, you get Josh Allen. I feel great about that. Mm, okay. I, I I wouldn't if I were you. Well, I I mean, let me can, ask you a you question. Can keep saying that, but uh, how Mahomes long weapons of, are better? Pat Mahomes is the better quarterback. By the way, that Pat Mahomes weapons are better is much closer than you think it is. Stephon Diggs is the best receiver in this game. It's not close. <laughs> okay, uh, it's not. It is close. It's terribly close with Ty- Tyreek Hill. I disagree with you in terms of all around receiver can do more things. Tyreek Hill, by the way, the league has a hundred percent figured him out. And Tony Romo pointed it out to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, now he's still very difficult to stop because he's very fast. Mm-hmm. 
but Tony Romo literally telestrated to you, this is how they get him open. And, of course, he does that, and it's almost like Andy Reid heard it and went, hey, look, I can do this too. And he'll just sit down, right. like right in the middle. Right. Stefan Diggs is borderline unguardable. With Josh Allen and, and, and Brown on the other side, he's borderline unguardable. Mm-hmm. I mean, you do understand that Baltimore doubled him the vast majority of this game. This is one of the best defenses in the league. He still had eight catches for 106 and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And there's not a corner on this team that would probably even play for Baltimore. I'm telling you it's going to be a thing. Okay. Now let me ask you one other question. All right. For 60 minutes of, of that divisional game with Baltimore, how many of them did you legitimately think Baltimore had a shot to win? None of them. There you go. Do you realize that Josh Allen's QBR in that game is the lowest he's had all year? Really? That's the worst game he's played all year, Mm -hmm. and you never doubted it. Mm -hmm. And the Ravens were that sneaky team, and they can run and do all these things. They shut down what you wanted to do. Because Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier are doing things defensively that are just otherworldly. That 101-yard touchdown reception, or uh, touchdown interception Interception, return, that was an otherworldly good defensive call. Because when that ball came out of Lamar Jackson's hands, that was the right call. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't. Because there was a guy sitting there waiting, daring him to make that throw. Mm-hmm. And he did. And he did. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at between Dayball calling this offense, and it, I, I just look at Buffalo and go, I do not know how you're going to beat them. This is a team that had 32 rushing yards against the Baltimore Ravens, and this game was never in doubt. Mm-hmm. They were driving at one point, and you started to think, oh, maybe if they score right here. And 101 yards the other way. Right. And there went that. Right. By the way, I would really love someone to tell Justin Tucker, every time you miss a field goal, you don't have to turn into Adam Gase. (laughs) His eyes get gigantic every time he misses a field goal. Like, what happened? Because he so rarely misses them that he's like, wait a minute, I just lost, I'm, I missed two in a week? Ave I mean, Maria, what's going on? I mean, I'm well aware of that, but you don't have to go full-on Adam Gase when you miss one, because that makes it real easy for me to make jokes. Speaking of Adam Gase, I saw just a few moments ago the news coming out that he's apparently being interviewed for the OC job in uh, Seattle. Oh, that would be tremendous. <laughs> Seattle is interviewing Adam Gase for the OC job. You, fi- you, you <laughs> fire a former Jets offensive coordinator and hire our old head coach. That would be tremendous. Yep. Just to reunite him with Jamal Adams, because that's a good idea. I didn't even think of that until you just said it. <laughs> yeah, let's put those guys back in the same building together. Yeah, Jamal Adams probably read that and went, oh, we uh, No, no. No. Uh, uh, we are not. No, we are not doing that. <laughs> No, we are not. He was on the phone to Pete Carroll and the GM immediately and said, this is not happening. I think that's hilarious. But, I I mean, I still look at the Kansas City Chiefs as they are the front runner to win the Super Bowl. I'm not a believer believer in the team of destiny thing. Mm -hmm. I'm really not. I'm looking at this team going, this feels. This has got that feel of mm-hmm. I don't know. Like the the, the universe is on. Who's got Travis Kelsey? That's my question. I'm well aware of that. Okay. I and I I, I got Tyreek totally who that. you can't cover. Uh, Tre'Davious White. If anybody in the league can do it, it's Tre'Davious White. Yeah. Because that's a corner that's not only good in coverage but can run with him as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you give me Travis Kelsey as well. I don't need to run the ball. 
I've got Pat Mahomes. Well, you're not going going to run the ball. No, and if he's going to be fully healthy, this is going to be a 30 to 40 point back and forth game. Oh, I I disagree with you so vehemently. Really? I will take the under on this, and I don't even know what it is. You think this is going to be slug, slog fest? I 22 think. to 17, like we just saw with Cleveland. I kind of do, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I kind of do. I don't see it at all. I kind of do. No. And I look at, I'm just, you tell me I'm crazy yeah. if you want to. You know, guess who got all four games right this week? Yeah. Uh, this guy. Mm-hmm. That would be me. So. I mean, I did too. I mean, I took all the. I had all the winners. I got them right against the number. Well, I did not. And get you them did right. not. I did not get them right against the number. Yeah, you remember the thing I said about Jared Garf? Uh, yeah, <laughs> right. Man, I, he's bad. And I felt pretty good about it uh, up until the second quarter. You, I was about to say, <laughs> if that lasted more than about ten minutes, you were doing it wrong. <laughs> Uh, Aaron Rodgers and company were able to put on the show against the L.A. Rams, and I was pretty shocked by that. I, I thought that I L.A. Rams defense was going to be able to to keep them at bay, but it did not happen. I really feel like this was a good week for my mantra of it's not important to have a good quarterback, it's important to have the right quarterback. Yes. Because the better quarterback won all four of these games. Mm-hmm. That's not even debatable. Mm-hmm. And I have a funny feeling that the better quarterback's going to win both games next week. Well, you're wrong if you're picking Buffalo to begin with. He is not better than... Josh Allen is not better than Pat Mahomes. Come on. Right now, as a complete quarterback, Josh Allen is playing better than Pat Mahomes. Okay. All right. I like how you couch that. Oh, I, I mean, I'm not good. Mahomes is the most otherworldly talented human I've ever seen. Okay, thank you. I just want to make sure you hadn't, you know, hit your head over the weekend and something had swayed you from that opinion. There's just something about the way Josh Allen is playing. And here there's something say, about this team. I don't and, believe in these teams of destiny, but there's just something about the way the Bills are playing. I hope you see the, it, the irony in that. I, <laughs> I, I feel like people overuse that. Yeah. I'm looking at this team that hasn't... I mean, it's the first time they've been in a conference title game in 37 years. Mm-hmm. Or 27 years. Mm-hmm. Math. Math is hard. Yep. And I don't like it. And I just look at the togetherness in the whole team, and it's like you can't do anything wrong. Even Josh Allen's missteps, against all common reason, they don't bite him. Mm-hmm. He had a pass against the Ravens that I swear to you, I think children could have caught. And Marlon Humphrey just batted it to the ground. Right. Like, wait, wait a minute. So you're saying the stars are aligning for the Buffalo Bills. Look, I I like the Bills. I think they're a, a great team. They're just not Kansas City. I get it that that defense is a little bit better. Because I don't give Let me them a ask whole you, lot of Were you overly today. impressed with Kansas City yesterday? No, but I haven't been that's, overly impressed with Kansas City in 10 weeks. And that's the problem. They keep winning. They keep mm-hmm. finding a way at some point to win the games. Mm-hmm. And why did they the win yesterday? Team, this is the same team that has done this, did this last year. Remember, they got behind every playoff game they had last year, mm-hmm. and they still found a way to win. Why did they win yesterday? 
Why did they win yesterday? Mm-hmm. There's four words of why they won yesterday. Okay, tell me. Baker Mayfield. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Do you understand? I, I told you this this morning. They literally left Jarvis Landry wide open. Yep. Because they knew Baker would not get around there. Mm-hmm. They doubled Austin Hooper because that's his safety blanket. And they knew you're going to do one of two things. You're either going to take off and run, or you're going to dump it off to the running back, which is exactly what he did. Mm-hmm. My wife loves when I go full Chris Collinsworth, Tony Romo on our television. Right, right. Because we have a wall-mounted television. And I will literally... I'll use my finger as my telestrator. <laughs> you need a laser pointer. I do. That's what I'm going to get you for your birthday. I do. I want to find a way to put that whole telestrator thing on my television. <laughs> that would just irritate her way more. I feel like that would uh, create a create a problem. What she really Cause loves. Because then you're, you're going to graduate from telestrating games to telestrating other things that are on your television. And I could just see that as a path where that's not going to end yeah, well. Yeah, if I start telestrating Grey's Anatomy, I think, I, I think we're going to have a problem. <laughs> What she really See, loves. Here's the guy. What she really loves is when I'm watching film on my tablet. Yeah. And I and I get so frustrated with it that I turn it to her and go, "Look at this." <laughs> she's like, "I don't care. Right. I do not care about anything you're getting ready to say." And uh, then I pout and I take my tablet and I just do I do my own yeah, thing. I all the way don't care what you're about to say. There that are times happens. I think I could be giving her winning Powerball numbers and she would just go, "I don't care." Right. If it comes off that tablet, I don't care. Right. I think you're undervaluing the Bills, and I think you're overvaluing the Chiefs. Well, maybe so. Maybe I am. I swear to you, I think there's 25 quarterbacks in the NFL yesterday that when when Mahomes goes out and Henny comes in, Mm -hmm. I think there are 25 quarterbacks in the NFL that would have beaten that team. Baker Mayfield just so happens to not be one of them. By the way, Cleveland fans get really salty when you use his commercials against them. Yes, they do. You know why I say that? Why? Because you know where the Cleveland Browns will be this week? At home with Baker Mayfield. At home with Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I posted uh, that across all the social medias. Woo-hoo. All right, I can see we're going to have fun talking about this uh, AFC Championship game leading up to it this week. Oh, there's. I mean, there's nothing you can do to change my mind. Right. I, I don't care. I'm I'm locked and loaded. This is the first time I've been able to pull for an AFC East team in the playoffs. I think in my lifetime that wasn't the Jets. Yeah, because the Patriots were the evil empire, and I just couldn't. Mm-hmm. This is one time I can AFC East. Yeah. Well, we saw that the uh, you know Tom Brady leaving the New England Patriots that didn't work out too well for Bill Belichick and company. Yeah, I, I, Bill. The longer you hang around, and the more Tom does this, the worse it looks for you. <laughs> Worked out pretty well for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who came up with a win over the New Orleans Saints yesterday, but. Now they got to go on the road to Lambeau Field to take on the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers next week. We'll talk about that up next. Pernicious. Adjective. Having a harmful effect, especially in a gradual or subtle way. Now, Wicked Weed's flagship IPA, winner of a silver medal at the U.S. Open Beer Championships, isn't harmful unless you're a competing IPA. Brewed in the mountains of western North Carolina, Pernicious IPA will destroy your expectations for all others in its class. Pernicious IPA inspires you to enjoy fresh and often. Order up at WickedWeedBrewing.com. Wicked Weed Brewing, the official craft beer of Furman Athletics. Drink different, drink responsibly. Young money, young money. It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. It's the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app, live from the Ingalls studio. The Green Bay Packers, they did Green Bay Packer things. Well, Aaron Rodgers did Aaron Rodgers things. 
over the weekend against the L.A. Rams. They end up getting a win. And to sit back and wait to find out which of the GOATs they were going to have to face in the NFC Championship game. Can we stop with this GOAT nonsense? <laughs> no. You can't be the greatest of all time if there's six of you at one time. <laughs> if you're in the conversation, people will label you as the GOAT. So Drew Brees, obviously holding records in the NFL, you know, career passing records, he's going to be in the conversation. Tom Brady, no one will ever touch him. I, I don't think. I, I would agree with I that. I mean, maybe Pat but that's Mahomes the one. at some point, but, but you're projecting five more Super Bowls. But that's the only one. That's the one. You mm-hmm. only get one. All right? There's not a herd of goats, okay? We can't have six of them at one time. <laughs> we do. We have the head goat. And then you got a whole bunch of other little. Then goats. We got a bunch of Billy goats. Yeah, uh, this the, I'm so tired of this goat talk. <laughs> well, you're gonna have to hear it for another week because we're gonna have the goat discussion again. Two of the goats going at it in Lambeau Field. So to open our second hour today, I, I want to have a, an extension of a discussion we had this morning okay. because Tank and I vehemently disagree on something, and I think more people are with me than you. Okay, I just posted a poll on my Twitter at Jay Green ESPN. How many NFL teams believe their current quarterback can win them a Super Bowl? Three to five, six to ten, ten plus. Okay. And we'll talk about that at the beginning of the second hour. All but right. the reason we're talking about it is this game. And Jared Garf. Have you heard the latest report on on, on Mr. Garf? I have not. Apparently, this just came out from around the NFL. Mm-hmm. Sean McVay and Jared Goff's relationship needs, quote, marriage counseling. No. And I mean, I have a I have a vague idea of why because Sean McVay's this this offensive guru, and his quarterback uh, isn't, mm-hmm. and he can't play when it's cold outside. We all knew when they signed him for what was that one hundred and thirty four million dollars? Right, he signed a four year one hundred and thirty four million dollar contract. We all knew that was the wrong call. We all knew. But there again, you wound up in this position where you had a very young quarterback and you didn't know if you were going to be able to get anything comparable to him. That's the problem that you have with these rookie quarterbacks. They give you a little bit of success at the end of their rookie deal. What are you to do? You're not going to bail on a guy. Cleveland Cleveland is in this exact position right now. So is Baltimore. Mm Mm-hmm. You're, you have a quarterback that you know full well cannot win you a Super Bowl. Right. But you don't want to be irrelevant because you know if you, if you tap out on them yep. and then you go three and 13, you're going to get fired. Yep. And that's the only reason. I'm telling you right now, if the brain trust of the Baltimore Ravens was given a mulligan and they said, you know what? No matter what you do with Lamar, we will not hold it against you. Mm-hmm. They would kick in the fifth year option and they would not extend him at $35 million. Agreed. I promise you. Agreed. But they know if we don't, I'll get fired. Yeah. That's just how that goes. Yeah. You end up having a 3-13 and 13 season. And what you and I and argued about vehemently this morning mm-hmm. was I would rather be a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars or the New York Jets that is sitting there with that decision. Mm-hmm. I can do whatever I want to as opposed to being Cleveland or Baltimore or the Rams or a litany of other teams. Of you're not the guy, and I know it. Right. But you're far and away better than what I can have right now. Mm-hmm. And so I just have to ride the string out. 
Yeah. Because every one of these guys that gets extended, I look at the team and go, you have no shot. Yeah. The Cleveland Browns are in a position right now where I believe that they have to extend Baker Mayfield. Ugh. This is a guy. It, right. It's gross to say. But you're in a position now where the guy has gotten you into the playoffs. Not only has he gotten you into the playoffs, but he also helped lead the team to a playoff victory. And he's a god now in Northeast Ohio. Uh, yeah, obviously, because they get very mad at me every time I say anything about him. Of course they do, because that's their guy. And they're not going to give up on that for the hopes of what may be. Because, yes, as you mentioned, everybody in that front office, you te- you you blow that deal. You don't give Baker Mayfield or Lamar Jackson the contract, and you decide we're going to move on, and you you know you get a bridge quarterback for a year. Say you're not in a because neither of these teams are going to be in a position to draft a high quarterback. I, they're going to end up having to take Kyle Trask or Mac Jones mm-hmm. or somebody at the back end of the first round. You're not going to do that. Because it doesn't but make any ar- sense. But my argument is that you should. You sh- I, your I, you, argument is you need to tank the franchise. No, you no, need no, to no, be no, bad no, 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 To get the first pick. No, see, so you do these either or. This is not a, 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 a if this then that. Mm-hmm. Here's my point. Jared Goff's actually. I, I didn't think of this this morning. He's the perfect analogy. Mm-hmm. Do you realize how many good players the Rams are going to lose this year solely because of Jared Goff? Yeah. Leonard Floyd, Troy Hill. Uh, John Johnson, who's an elite safety and was a great draft pick by that front office. Mm-hmm. That, by the way, that's the reason uh, coaches and GMs keep getting pilfered from this team because they do this really, really well. Mm-hmm. But they have one great big albatross that keeps them from being legitimately competitive. I understand they went to a Super Bowl and they lost. Couldn't even score. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and, and guess what? They're not going back to one because now you've got a $40 million cap hit with Jared Goff that keeps you from re-signing these guys. Mm-hmm. You know, John Johnson's going to walk out the door for nothing. Samson Abukum going to do the exact same thing. These are good quality players. Right. And my argument, and what I, I got into some trouble with some Cleveland fans. I got some, I got some less than ideal things back. When you re-sign Baker Mayfield, you know what that takes away? Jarvis Landry. Uh-huh. And Odell Beckham uh-huh. and Nick Chubb uh-huh. and Kareem Hunt mm-hmm. because you can't afford to pay those guys anymore. But your hope is that you haven't seen the best of that quarterback yet. Oh, you've seen the best of Baker. Oh, I'm sure you have. You have seen the best you're going to get. But the hope is that you haven't. I mean, take Jared Goff, for example. When was that they went to the Super Bowl? Uh, two years ago. That was 2017? Three years ago. Yeah. Three years right? Ago. 2017? Yeah. So he's twenty. It was twenty seventeen when he went in. He just took you to a Super Bowl. Yeah, and you, you gotta know, give him the contract. Yeah, and you know what he didn't have at that time? The gigantic contract. Uh, of That's course. why you could have guys around him like Brandon Cooks. Of course, and, and, I, I, and, and I, on and on and on and, and on. And I don't on. disagree with that. But the problem becomes: or as a GM, are you willing to take the gamble of if we get rid of this quarterback, then we're gonna be bad next year? Do I survive that storm? That's the first question. Mm-hmm. Second question That's is... That's the biggest question, by the mm-hmm. way. What do I replace him with? That's the next problem. Do I go and draft a quarterback, but I'm picking 30... Say, well, hell, they didn't even have a first-round pick in that draft. Uh, <laughs> they haven't had a first-round pick in five years. Right, it's been a while since they've had a first-round pick. So... I'm not going to be able to replace him with someone. Mm-hmm. Can I go out and get somebody on the free agent market that's going to be just as good as Jared Goff? Probably not. 
at that at that time. Now the other thing is, if he gets picked up by whoever, he's not going to. I know exactly where you're headed. Oh, with he this. would. No, well, he would. I'm not saying he wouldn't wind up on another team. It's not going to matter because they have to pay him too. Mm-hmm. And then you can't put the pieces around him. And the reason we're talking about this is what we're going to talk about after we get just a bit outside. The sports tag. Just a bit outside. All right, here's the 411, folks. I think we've all figured out that I, you know, every once in a while I like to poke Cleveland. I didn't think they were going to give me two reasons today, but (laughs) they did. The Cleveland Cavaliers are planning to trade or waive 2019 first round pick Kevin Porter Jr. after he threw a tantrum that involved throwing food. Out. Get out. After this, the recent Jared Allen, Torian Prince trade, apparently they gave Torian Prince the locker of Kevin Porter Jr., who's been away from the team for weeks. Yep. According, uh, due to personal reasons. They were apparently trying to reintegrate him into the team. Mm-hmm. They did see a future for him. He was actually pretty good as a rookie. And then he lost his mind when they gave Torian Prince the uh, his locker. Right. And, they, and verbally assaulted a uh, staff member verbally, and threw food. Verbally assaulted. Stop that. I, I'm reading it out of the story. I know I you're don't reading it out of the, the story, but that's one of the that's one of those phrases. Like you hate these phrases, like social distancing. Yes, and, I do. And, <laughs> I, I I detest that one. Actually, one of mine is 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 that one. I it verbally assault. You assaulted me with your words. Won't you go cry in your safe space? I, I look. I, I'm not gonna lie. I, the words that irritate me are words that we make longer words to replace words that we already had that are much shorter. Right. Stay away from people. That's shorter than social distancing. You insulted my feelings. <laughs> you see how that sounds? Well, Do Kevin, you, does anybody else realize how you sound to the rest of us? Kevin Porter was a uh, that he was a high level prospect. He had troubles at USC. He's had troubles in in the NBA. Yep. You know, here's the hoping that this is a a low point and he can move on to another team and and grow as a player and and see his full potential. Yeah, I just love that though. They they came in and they moved his locker to an auxiliary area, so he wasn't he he was removed from the main stars locker room. Well, he hasn't been with the team in weeks, right? But that's what he was upset about was that he was going to go to the auxiliary locker room. And he was just not having it. He was less than pleased with that decision. There's a big decision to be made down in Houston. The Houston Texans find themselves in a very precarious situation because Deshaun Watson does not want to be there anymore. Mm -hmm. He's making it very well known that he's not on board with the path of this organization, especially after hiring of uh, Nick Casario as the GM. Now... There got wind today of uh, a, a a bunch of fans apparently planning a protest outside the Houston Texans headquarters, and they were going to march in the streets. A massive protest, I guess, to keep Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson had to go on Twitter today and said, I'm hearing there is a march planned on my behalf in Houston today, although I am humbled. I ask that whoever is organizing the march cancel for the sake of public safety. COVID is spreading at a high rate, and I don't want any fans unnecessarily to expose themselves to infection. I have not seen any reports on whether or not there is a march going on or whether or not anyone showed up for this 
Well, there's about to be mutiny in Houston mm-hmm. uh, with Texans fans. Uh-huh. I, I don't know if you have read the the intricacies of all this. I've reported on the show a couple times. Yes. As I just so happened to uh, pick up the story that I had heard and ran with it and went a little further. Okay. Have you heard any of that? SI had a story over the weekend okay. that was about Jack Easterby and everything mm-hmm. that's happening with the Texans. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he threatened to sue SI and told people. Easterby did? Yeah. Okay. And told people that the reason he was going to sue them is because this story came from the Kraft family who is secretly an investor in SI. Ah. None of that's true, by the way. <laughs> Absolutely zero of that is true. Okay. But this was his thought, was that this was the Kraft family trying to get back at him for leaving New England, which is one of the most insane things I've ever heard until you read in the story that he was following players around Houston. Right. Literally, they were spotting his car places. Like, why is he following us around? That whole organization is a train wreck. Super spy. Jack Easterby. But the reason that I wanted to bring this up is, I've heard a lot of talk over the last, uh, basically over the weekend, mm-hmm. that a team like the Jets or a team like the Dolphins could make a run at Deshaun Watson with, you know, or they could give up these two first round picks and another first round pick and their young quarterback and all these things. Right. First of all, I cannot wrap my head around at, at what level you would have to go, well, we boo boo kitty this bad uh-huh. for Houston to take the best player they've ever had. And trade him to Miami for their own draft pick. <laughs> <laughs> that is a level of wow. We uh, how drunk was Bill O'Brien for how many years that we just had to trade the best player in franchise history for our own draft pick? Back? Right, right. I struggle with that. The other part of this is Houston's not getting anywhere near the package that you think they are for Deshaun Watson. No, they're not. No, because you you have a malcontent on your hands now. Well, you also did something really, really, really profoundly stupid. Do you know what I'm referring to? Giving him the contract extension? No. Okay. The extension was fine. He's a top five quarterback. That's the kind of uh, Deshaun Watson is the level of quarterback that you do extend. Agreed. They put one thing in that contract that made it very, very stupid. The no trade clause. Bingo. Yeah. He can call his shot. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want to negotiate with all these teams? I don't care. I'll say no. We've been down this road. Right. Dozens of times. He can call a shot. Mm -hmm. If he says, I want to go to New York and play for Rob Salah, because that was one of the guys he wanted Houston to interview, he can do that. If he says, that's the one place I'll accept a trade. If you don't trade me, I'll sit out. What are you going to do? Sit on him? Mm -hmm. You you think that's going to be, you think that'll really re-energize the fan base? You think that's going to make everybody feel good when you got A.J. McCarron taking snaps and Deshaun Watson sitting at home? Okay. Are you willing to take that gamble as Houston? Uh, Are you no. willing to take the gamble? The answer's no. Right, of whether or not Deshaun Watson will actually fight. Because guys have said this in the past. I'm not going to play for you, and then nothing happens, and they come in and they play begrudgingly. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell set the, he set the market on this. Right. He sat out for a year, mm-hmm. and it didn't go well. Do you think Deshaun Watson would do the same, is my question. From everything I have been told, he has zero intention of ever taking another snap in Houston again. And that's not the kind of guy he is. Like, mm-hmm. this, is, th- this has been, my opinion on this has changed a little bit in the last few days just based on things I've been told. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm getting to a point now, I didn't think an NFL f- franchise could come this off the rails. This team has. Right. And he's looking around going, I'm not wasting my time here. Mm-hmm. You don't care what I think. You don't really seem to care to put a winner on the field. J.J. Watt's going to be gone. Yep. 
That's the other, you know, linchpin of this team. And I don't want to be on a team with nobody around me because I don't believe in you to restock the cupboard. Mm -hmm. And I full well get that. Yep. Here's the problem. You don't have any leverage if you're the Houston Texans. You have none. This is a guy you were paying a lot. Yep. Who is hamstringing your franchise with his salary number. If he doesn't play, you will be the worst team in NFL history. I mean, really look at that roster and understand it's $20 million over the cap as it sits. And understand you don't have a first or second round pick. Right. So there's that. Yeah. So you have to try to restock the cupboard. Let me use my team as a as an example. I have heard that what Houston would want this package to start out with would be two, which we have in this draft. Yep. Twenty three, another one, and Sam Darnold. So two first rounders this year, one first rounder next year, and Sam Darnold. Yep. You're not gonna touch that. I'd pull the trigger on that immediately. You'd be lucky to get two and Sam. That's Straight insane. up, I'm telling you right now, you would be lucky to get two and Sam because you have let this get to such a point, and he has a no trade clause. So if he calls out and says, "I want to go to Miami, I want to go to New York, I want to go wherever it is he wants to go," right? You have no leverage. You can't negotiate against yourself. So if he, if Deshaun Watson wants to go wherever he wants to go, he's gonna force his way there mm-hmm. solely because you put one little paragraph in that contract that gave him every bit of hand and here's the thing i I, I guarantee you there's somebody listening to my voice right now going well why don't they just call his bluff okay how do you think that would go week one next year your franchise quarterback is not on the field Mm -hmm. you're starting aj mccarron your other franchise player is now playing for the pittsburgh steelers or wherever he is right because you couldn't afford to keep him or you had to go out and get uh james winston (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and you're putting a borderline XFL team on the field. Mm-hmm. How do you think that's going to play? After you've been killed all offseason, because I, I guarantee you this is going to get worse. Mm-hmm. SI stories, it, they're they're wonderful. They don't get everything. Not everybody's willing to talk on the record. Right. So there's more. Oh, and yeah. the more you let this fester, the worse it's going to get. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson wants his way out of Houston. He can call his shot and it makes me question was this planned what do you mean was this did planned? he know this when he signed no that contract no because he wouldn't have mm. he wouldn't have he would not have it's just exactly like i, I don't know this like the, i said last week when they traded deandre hopkins he was a two because this is not a malcontent guy right and that that that, that narrative is going to get played out that oh he's just a malcontent and he's gonna be a locker room problem no, no he's not no he's not this is one of the best young locker room guys in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And anybody that's ever played with him will tell but you But that's that. the thing is, he knew that... He made sure that that got put into his contract. Because what, the he, no trade calls? Right. Because he knew there was a shot that this was not going to go well. They just sent Nuke to Arizona for nothing. For David Johnson and a second-round pick. Mm-hmm. The chances of this going off the rails are great. And Deshaun Watson knew it. And I think... He signs the deal to get guarantee himself the big payday, which he was going to get anyway. You're, you're, but let's give it a shot. You, you wouldn't have done this if you okay. thought this was a a possibility. Okay, this is it has escalated since the minute Jack Easterby walked in the door, mm-hmm. 
And I've been saying that on this show for but weeks. That's, but that's months, the safeguard. Even. That's the safeguard. Well, the safeguard. I mean, you got to say, in the high level quarterbacks, you, you can command that. Yeah, you would not. Pat Mahomes has the same thing. Right. But I'm saying, Deshaun Watson, I don't believe, signed this contract knowing, oh, everything's going to be swimming. This is going to go well. I, I need to I have disagree an out. with you. I, I mean, you have the out because you have the leverage to have the out. Mm-hmm. But that's the same reason that. Pat Mahomes has the same deal. I don't think he's worried about things going his way in Kansas City. You don't go into it thinking that. However, you do protect yourself, which is exactly what he did. Uh-huh. And now he can call his shot. And I've been listening to this all day long just laughing. Going, okay, so this is a guy that can call his shot on where he wants to go. And you think an NFL team is going to gut their franchise to procure the $40 million quarterback and put themselves in exactly the same problem that the Texans have. Right? No, they're not. No, they're not. GMs like Joe Douglas and Chris Greer are going to go, you know what? We'll give you that top five pick. We'll even give you our young quarterback because we obviously don't want them in the same building. Mm-hmm. You don't take a high-level prospect like Sam Darnold or Tua Tungavailoa and put them in the same building as Deshaun Watson. Right. That's just eliminating your own headache. Mm-hmm. You're not getting that second one. You're not. Not You're even not next getting, year. They might come off one next year if they start bidding against each other. Right. If he says, I don't want to go to New York, I want to go to Miami, what reason do the Jets have to eat? We're banging our head against the wall. Granted, yeah. He has the choice to say no. Mm-hmm. And that's how he can call his shot. Is I only want to go here. This is the only place I'll accept, and you will send me there. Mm-hmm. Because you gave me this deal. You gave me this leverage. The Houston Texans are the same spot that the Houston Rockets were in with James Harden. Mm-hmm. They screwed this thing up. Or as you like to say, boo-boo kiddied this thing. Uh, yeah, they kicked the can down the road. <laughs> Bill O'Brien, they they allowed Bill O'Brien destroy, to destroy this team. We've been saying for two years on this show that Bill O'Brien should not have GM uh, capabilities or Correct. responsibilities with the Houston Texans. And they allowed it to get to this point. And they allowed him to swing the Laramie Tunsil deal. They allowed him to do the DeAndre Hopkins deal. And this is what you're left with. He ruined he ruined the franchise, and they went, "Oh crap! Let's try to stem the tide here." And they fired Bill O'Brien, and guess what? It didn't make it didn't make a difference. This you, is still a bad team. You do realize what Bill O'Brien did, right? What's that? He did what Bill Belichick's done for the last twenty years, and it completely blew up in his face the exact way I said it could have happened with Bill, but Deshaun Watson is not Tom Brady. Okay. And they went, you know, a little further. This is the reason yeah. I don't think there's a coach in the world that should be a GM in any sport mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. It is a nightmarishly bad idea. You know why? Because no matter who you are, no matter how smart you are, every once in a while you have an idea that's pretty dumb. And if somebody's not there, my wife does this with me constantly. If there's not somebody there to say, uh, that's real dumb, like real, real, real dumb like trading DeAndre Hopkins for a two in David Johnson. When you don't have that, eh, you tend to make those dumb decisions because nobody told you not to. Very true. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. Head on over to ingles-markets.com today. Help your local school with the Tools for Schools program. How does it work? All you got to do is go to ingles-markets.com slash tools for schools 
and link your Ingles Advantage card with your favorite school. The more you use that Ingles Advantage card, the more it pays off for your local school. The more money they are able to use to buy much-needed supplies like computers and books and all that kind of stuff. Go to Ingles-Markets.com today slash tools for schools and help out. Coffee's for closers only. Get them the money! Then we get the money, you get the power. That watch costs more than your car. Then we get the power, then you get the work. Welcome back to the Sports Thing, ESPN Asheville 92.9, 880, and 1400. It's a new week and a clean slate. I got three NBA picks for you today. First one, the Phoenix Suns are five-point favorites against the Memphis Grizzlies. This game starts in about an hour and 15 minutes. Memphis is bad. John Morant is allegedly coming back. I will buy into this team when they've been all together. I swear I don't think they started the same lineup more than two games in a row all year. Mm. Phoenix is pretty good. DeAndre Ayton's hard to stop. And Chris Paul has actually been a welcome addition to the Suns. This is a good team. And I feel like this line is where it's sitting because Vegas hasn't completely embraced that yet. Give me the Suns. I'll lay the five. Next up, the Brooklyn Nets are a a three-and-a-half-point dog to the Milwaukee Bucks. There's something about James Harden. Uh, I don't know if he did the weirdest diet in the history of time, but all of a sudden he looks like the guy that we expected him to be. Yeah, that's what he did. I don't think they should be a a three-and-a-half-point dog. I really don't. I think them and Milwaukee should be about level. I understand Kyrie's not going to play. I'll be honest with you, I don't think that's a negative right now. That allows some of these other role players that are not ball-dominant to play. I like the Nets plus the three-and-a-half. I'll actually take them in the money line to win outright. My final pick of the night, the Chicago Bulls are a two-point dog to James Harden's former team. The Rockets? That's not good. Why? They have Christian Wood and very little else. They're hurt. They have Rona issues. I I honestly thought the Bulls would be a five-point favorite when I saw this game on the schedule. I'm going to take the Chicago Bulls plus two. Go and do likewise, gents. Money's out there. You pick it up, it's yours. You don't, I got no sympathy for you. Speaking of Rona issues, saw a few moments ago as well, the Wednesday game between the Washington Wizards and the Charlotte Hornets has been postponed. Don't know when the Wizards are going to be able to get back on the floor. I was about to say, if you're really looking forward to a Wizards game, it might be a minute. Uh, apparently they have all of the close contacts. That I literally don't think they have a player. I think every player they have is in some shape, form, or fashion in the protocols. In the, uh, yeah. So it could be a minute before they are, are allowed to play again. It could be a while. Could be a while. All right. So we haven't really talked about it all that much. Drew Brees, or excuse me, not Drew Brees, uh, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, it's another matchup of the goats Ugh. coming up at Lambeau Field this weekend. You think this is going to be a blowout? You think this is Green Bay Packers just imposing their will? I don't. Th- I don't Bay necessarily Buccaneers? think it's going to be a blowout. I, I think you're the, the way you quantify blowout and mine are different. I don't necessarily think this game is going to be in doubt for a long period of time. Okay, here's why I say that. I don't know how the same way I said I don't know how a team's going to beat Buffalo. Mm-hmm. I don't know how a team's going to go into Lambeau and beat Green Bay. The Rams looked like they were all about to freeze to death. Right. It looked like something out of a horror movie. Every player for the Rams was huddled up on the sideline, and you, honest to God, thought they were within like ten minutes of freezing to death. Mm-hmm. 
And I just look at Green Bay. You're used to it. You're in it every day. And Tom even said it. My blood's thinned a little bit since yeah. I've been in Florida. Yeah. And this is a lot of guys that are not used to the cold. Just can we can we can we take the scene out of Rocky though? Can we find a giant freezer to practice in for the next week? Uh, <laughs> and, I mean, and usually I don't I don't necessarily put this much into weather things. Usually, Green Bay's a whole nother animal. Yep. Plus, that team's clicking on all cylinders. The defense has been good. They neutralized Aaron Donald. I mean, as much as I've ever seen him be just completely taken out of the game. Yeah. That team looks really good to me. And I mean, Tampa Bay does too. I'm not trying to undersell what Tampa Bay's doing. Right. I just, I, I have thought for several weeks now that we're on a collision course to Green Bay Packers, Buffalo Bills. And this week did not change that for me. We very well may be. Uh, I'm going to be on the complete opposite side of that one, apparently, because I can't give up on my boys, especially with the news today that coming back from IR is Vita Vea. And if Vita Vea can be anything like he should be, this could be interesting. For the Green Bay Packers and trying to run the ball against this team, I get you're not going to stop Devontae Adams, but ah, that defense played pretty well against the New Orleans Saints. And I think they got a very good shot at the end of uh, at, at the end of this one. This is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers. I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. Second hour of the program brought to you by Wicked Weed Brewing. Wickedweedbrewing.com. Drink different. It is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green. And there's another Jeremy looking for a job today. Uh, you want me to give you the scariest headline you'll ever hear if you're a Tennessee Volunteers fan? Uh, yes. This is from 24-7 Sports two hours ago. Peyton Manning to play big role in Tennessee's head coaching search. <laughs> Would you like to know who got hired the last time he played a big role in head coaching search? Oh, uh, Was it Lane Kiffin? It was Adam Gase. Adam Gase. <laughs> Because he was the one that referred Adam Gase to the Johnson family and led to him being the nightmare that wouldn't stop happening for me for the last two years. Oh, I got you. I got you. I, I've been surprised all day. I have not yet seen the, the the fan base get all riled up. Oh, oh, Peyton Manning should be the next AD. Because not only did Jeremy Pruitt get fired today, there were 10 others in that organization or that in that program that got fired as well. And Phil Fulmer has resigned. It was not a good day to be a Tennessee volunteer. No, of course, all of this coming from the investigation that was launched, the internal investigation into possible recruiting violations by Jeremy Pruitt and his staff. They have determined that several level one infractions took place. So this is not a notice of allegations coming from the NCAA. This is an internal investigation that says we are going to be slapped by level one sanctions at some point, or could be, and we've got to get rid of Jeremy Pruitt because we don't want to pay him the twelve million dollars that he's owed on the rest of his contract. We got to add that little that little part in. Yeah, the I mean they end. fired him for cause because you weren't going to fire him without that. Right. You weren't paying the buyout. No. But I mean, let's be really honest here. 
he was at best the eighth choice. Yep. When they did this a few years ago, this was a marriage that was doomed from the jump. And you remember when the, when the player got arrested and they released the tape of what he said? A player on the Tennessee, if somebody wants to message me on Twitter what the guy's name was, I cannot think of it to save my life. A player on the Tennessee, in the Tennessee program got arrested. Okay. They called Jeremy Pruitt because I guess that was his emergency contact or whatever the case may be. And he basically made it out like, well, you could just let him go. I do remember this. That was when I knew this is not going to end well. Mm-hmm. This is not going to end well. And 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 really, he's done. Jeremy Pruitt's a defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. and I will bet you a dollar to a donut he winds up on Alabama staff next year. Yep, he's already been there once. Mm-hmm. I see virtually no path he doesn't end up back there. And he was the defensive coordinator for Georgia. And he was the defensive State. coordinator for Florida State, and then he left and went to Alabama. Right, and that's where he got. The Tennessee job. Right. Tennessee needs a complete overhaul. Mm-hmm. I, and I'll be really honest with you. Tennessee fans are not going to want to hear what I'm getting ready to say. It needs to be somebody that has no affiliation to this program whatsoever. Agreed. You need to go get a quality AD who will hire a quality coach. If you could go back to the tape three years ago on this program when that happened, I told you. Hiring Phil Fulmer to do this job is a bad idea. Well, and then he was put in an unbelievably untenable situation. He gets he, he becomes the AD when they tried to hire Shiano. The previous uh-huh. AD gets fired, yep. and they tell him, you have a week to hire a coach. That's not a good sign. And then virtually everyone he called went, yeah, I'll, I'll pass. No. Why would you take that job? Hey, if you're looking for a bright side, though, Tennessee Volunteer fans, I got one for you. Former Titans and Rams head coach Jeff Fisher recently expressed interest in the job <laughs> if it were to become vacant. Yeah, let's do that. I won't, I, I don't know that I've ever wanted something to happen more. Now, obviously, that's not going to happen, right? I wouldn't think. I don't say how it's not Hugh Freeze. I don't either. Now, the, the only problem with that is that usually when you when the, the AD quote-unquote retires and the coach gets fired because they ran afoul of the NCAA, you usually are not allowed to go hire another coach that just did that. <laughs> right. But, but this might be a slightly di- – I, I said this on social media earlier today. I do see a path where Phil Fulmer and, and Pruitt and the eight others that were let go today mm-hmm. are made the sacrificial lamb. Of, yeah. of they were the guys that did it. This is not an institutional problem. Yep. We got rid of the problem. Now just, you know, I, I could see them bringing in a very strong AD. And I, I can't off the top of my head tell you who that's going to be, but I could very easily see it being somebody that it's a name you've heard before. Hmm. This has been a name somewhere else that they can look at the NCAA and go, look, this this person has a 20-year track record of overseeing athletic programs. That's who we brought in. Do you have a name in mind? I had a few, honestly, and most of them have jobs. I'm trying to to read the tea leaves of, of who it could be because there has been – Tennessee has been uh, radio silent all day. Right. The only thing I get from uh, – Hugh Freeze. That's who we want. Kenny Chesney. He, <laughs> it's not – stop that. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of notable 
vol people. Well, but again, I'm not saying this is going to be somebody from inside the program. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be somebody that has no affiliation to this whatsoever. Well, that's the way they should go. But that's the way, it's not the way it's typically the, been done with Tennessee. And that's the problem. The one name I have heard, and it was totally spitballing, but the more I've thought about it, the more I like it, Okay, is David Cutcliffe. Now that's interesting. Done, done being a head coach. Tired of yep. the, the grind of being a head coach. Well, and there's the rumors that he director. is pretty tired. I, I mean, first of all, he's in his 60s. Mm-hmm. And now the only thing that would make me nervous is that that's another Fulmer era. But th- it is. It, to me, it's going to be somebody like that. It's mm-hmm. going to be a name that you know, mm-hmm. whether it's an alum, whether it's a whatever the case may be. I'm going to call Ryan McGee, see if he's gotten a call. Uh, I would be all the way in for that. <laughs> That is a way that I could find a way into the administration at Tennessee. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I just think you're going to have to hire somebody that the NCAA looks at and goes, all right, we trust this person. We trust this person to make the hire for everything to be right. I mean, because this could end very badly for Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I think it already has. I mean, uh, they've, they've got a pivotal. No, this is not like years and years down the road yet. We Right. But we've got a pivotal decision here to make. And if we make the right one then we're good. We messed this up again, and the program may never recover. That's the thing. Tennessee this is stays, probably the most important decision mm-hmm. that Tennessee's made in the last 50 years. Mm-hmm. Which is now with, now with Phil Fulmer moving on, they're going to go through and hire the AD, let, an a, let the AD come in and make the head coaching decision how long does that process take? And how far does that put you behind the eight ball on getting going for next year? That's my big question. How long will this sit out there? Or do you think they already have somebody in mind? I think they already have an AD in mind. I, I really do. And I think that AD probably has a coach in mind. I, I mean, th- that's the way these things work. Mm-hmm. Paul Feinbaum has talked about this multiple times. If you think the search for the next coach didn't start three weeks ago, I have a bridge to sell you. Right. They did this knowing full well this is you know this is plan A this is plan B this is plan C oh th- yeah this has been game planned oh yeah this has been game planned from the start I mean why do you think we heard about this internal investigation coming up right before a two hundred thousand dollar bonus was due well, to Jeremy Pruitt. the thing you always have to remember in college football is when when news gets out uh, who wanted it out. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that the University of Tennessee probably wanted out. I'm not saying that the university leaked it, but somebody affiliated with it could have. Of course. Because it, it, I'll be really honest with you, the fact that Hugh Freeze didn't even listen to Auburn, that always kind of struck a chord with me. And, I mean, we've we've talked on the show ad nauseum about my belief in in Auburn and who they are versus what they think they are. Right. Tennessee has kind of that same problem. Yes, they do. Not to the same level, in my opinion, because they still recruit at an outrageously high rate. Mm-hmm. And then this was a coach that we all knew was on one of the hottest seats in America. You hire the right coach here, I think you could have this. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think it matters who you hire. Next year is going to be less than ideal. Yes. But you could see a path of things trending in the right direction. And I think Hugh Freeze is one of those. I could see Jamie Caldwell being one of those. Or Jamie Chadwell. Jamie Chadwell? Chadwell. Chadwell. From Coastal. Yeah. He's another one that I could 
I've heard Lane Kiffin. Is that just because he's got a mullet? He'll fit in in Knoxville? No. <laughs> Jamie Chadwell was really impressive with Coastal Carolina. Mm-hmm. Now, and, and I'm not just talking about on the field. Everything about him. He Building strikes program, me right. as that CEO type that Tennessee needs. Because yeah. Jeremy Pruitt was never that. No. And he's horrible. And Butch Jones horrible was with the never that. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I could keep doing this. All the way back probably to Philip Fulmer. Mm-hmm. You haven't had that guy. And Fulmer even said it today. Whoever the next coach of the Tennessee Volunteers is needs to be on this sideline for 10 years. So you have to find somebody that really wants this job. Yep. This You can't hire a guy that sees this as a stepping stone. This has to be, this is an SEC job. And it's historically a reasonably high level SEC job. You have to find somebody that sees this as the destination. I have long heard that this was Hugh Freeze's dream job. Mm-hmm. You have to strike while the iron's hot. Hugh Freeze is one of the 10 best coaches in the country, and nobody will ever convince me differently. I'll agree with that. I mean, I understand Liberty has a lot of money, but what he has done there is nothing short of remarkable. Right. And I think if that's if everything I've ever heard is true, and this is where he would ultimately like to land, this is not a time to get cute. Mm-hmm. This is not a time to get cute over the money, not a time to get cute with the NCAA, None of that. You go get your guy. You, because they cannot afford to have another coaching surge like the last one. Yeah. The last one was an unmitigated disaster. Well, the, to me, the big problem here is also going to be who wants to take this job with the NCAA hanging over their heads. Because this is going to come down at some point. Yeah, there's, there's going to be a notice of allegations. There's going to be a process where it has to go through the the IARP group or whatever this is this is going to have to work its course. This is just what Tennessee has done. Tennessee did this internal investigation, went out and hired lawyers to to look into the you know the claims of improper contact with recruits and all this kind of stuff. The NCAA is going to get involved. It's the only thing that hampers me when it comes to Q Freeze. Because Hugh Freeze is already kind of on double secret probation with the SEC and well, with the, the NCAA. The SEC does. The SEC is irrelevant, and I hate to break SEC fans' heart, but mm-hmm. what the SEC thinks of Hugh Freeze is one hundred percent irrelevant. Okay. And here's the thing: to what I would say about the the possibility of things happening down the line, there are ways to find it to find that out. Yeah, just like USC. USC didn't struggle to find coaches. Mm-hmm. I mean, now Clay Helton, I, I'm still <laughs> dumbfounded that Clay Helton is the head coach at USC and still yeah, is. Still is, yeah. But after all of the things that happened in the Pete Carroll days and Reggie Bush and on and on down the line, uh-huh. uh, they didn't get to their second choice very often. True. Because there were some guarantees. You're not going to get crushed. This is not going to be you know some program-ending thing. No, it's not. It's going to be lose some scholarships, lose some recruiting time, that kind of thing. That's what I would wager happens to Tennessee. Right. I think you're going to have all of those things that you don't tangibly see, and there will probably be some restrictions on recruiting, and there will be a big show cause on Jeremy Pruitt. Yeah, it just puts a... Puts they're, a I mean, they're going to throw... Tennessee has been building the case of throwing Jeremy Pruitt under the bus for weeks. Of course they have. I, I told you on you this do. show, he's not going to survive this because no. nobody could. No, that's what you do. You find the guy or the two guys or the three guys or whoever 
to pin this on. I mean, just like go back to the North Carolina scandal, the academic scandal. Who did they who who did they eventually put all of that on? It was Julius Nyangaro and uh you know the the other I can't remember her name, but she was an you know, she was an official that paved the way for the AFAM classes and the transcripts and all of that. They put this on whoever they can, whoever's expendable. Mm-hmm. It never came down on, you know, Roy Williams or anybody. Nobody was ever involved. And I get that they can never, you know, they didn't ever prove it, but they were never going to try to. Well, I mean, that's here's the, the thing. thing. You're, the one that's going to take the fall here is Jeremy Pruitt. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Tennessee yes. has guaranteed that. Absolutely. And it might loosely get some Philip Fulmer, but it's not going to be a long-term thing there. I mean, Philip Fulmer's not taking another job anywhere else. So. No. But it's not. you're not going to do anything to him that's going to diminish the legacy. Right. The this is Jeremy Pruitt was a rogue and did all of these things, and that's how we wound up here. Mm-hmm. And we fired him, and we fired everybody affiliated with him, and now we're here. The greatest thing is that uh, you know a, a lot of this centered around an offensive line recruit that they didn't even get. Yeah, <laughs> kid Mims ended up going to Georgia. I can't. I forget his first name, but but that's the thing that kills me is that the thing that's going to bring Jeremy Pruitt down is recruiting a guy they didn't even get. What I will tell you is th- this whole thing at Tennessee has been brewing for weeks. It's why I said it weeks ago. It-, it took so long that I started to even doubt my sources. Right. But I still knew it was going to happen. Where The thing, the one thing that I will, uh, and I, I really don't want to send Vols fans over the edge here, but the Kevin Steele thing confuses me. Why you brought in Kevin Steele? I knew you were going to go there. Oh, you mean what, what do you mean? You just paid the guy a week ago. Oh, I know. They didn't make the decision to fire Jeremy Pruitt a week ago. They didn't make that decision today. They made the decision three weeks ago. See, that's my fear. That's my fear for Vols fans. Is that he's the is interim? That he's the guy. I, and I, uh, he's not the guy. No, not. I, I mean, he's not going to be you know the guy to be there for ten years. But he's the guy for now. I could see him being the interim. <laughs> it just solely because it doesn't make sense. Now, there's one other, and you know, call me tinfoil hat on my head. Call me conspiracy theory guy. Call me whatever you want to. I've developed a little theory about Kevin Steele. Okay. When you think of Kevin Steele historically, what words come to mind? Uh, Well-traveled. He's well-traveled. He's very experienced. Yeah. He's very stable. He's very ham sandwich. Yep. That's Kevin Steele. I was thinking white rice, but it it works. He is the definition of bland, very knowledgeable, a lot of experience, very safe. Who does that pair well with? Who does it pair well with to look at the NCAA and say, we brought in this coach that has run afoul of you, and we have a coordinator here that's going to be the recruiting director that's never really had problems with the NCAA, and he's here to keep the coach in check. What coach does that sound like to you? Butch Davis? Hugh Freeze is the one I'm talking about. <laughs> Hugh Freeze is the one I'm talking about. Okay. I I have this little theory that the reason... But, it never. I said that the day it happened. It yeah. never made sense to me why you would hire a defensive coordinator for a coach that I know full well you're going to fire. Right. Unless you're wanting to promote him to the interim, which is possible. Mm-hmm. 
or you're wanting to tie him to a coach that you really want to be your coach, but you're not sure how the NCAA is going to feel about that. It has a little checkered past. And gotcha. you, you need somebody clean guy. Yep. yep. You need okay. somebody that's a little ham sandwichy and a little by the bookie and pair them together. I can get down with that. I'll tell you another thing that really makes me think that. The, def- the 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 revolving door of defensive coordinators with with Hugh Freeze. You mean coordinators he's ever had for more than two years? No, it's zero. Really? Mm-hmm. And that's a position that he probably would not be the the his. I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, that's his defensive coordinator at Liberty. I'm not saying he wouldn't have a role at Tennessee. He's not a defensive coordinator at Tennessee. Right. This is a guy that's been at Memphis and Middle Tennessee State and, and a bunch of little programs. He's not to the stature of being the defensive coordinator in, at an SEC program. Mm-hmm. Could I see him coming with him? Sure. But does it also make sense that they would bring in somebody like Kevin Steele that knows the SEC, knows the recruiting base? That makes sense to me, too. I don't. I am not a fan of arranged marriages in 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 football at all. Mm-hmm. Where we pair the coordinator with the coach and they don't know each other and you figure it out. I don't like that. But I could see a path that that's why they did. It's one of the, it's one of the only two things that makes sense. Because I feel like if you were bringing him in to be the interim, you would have fired him and brought in Steele and said, "This is a guy that we trust him with the program. He's going to be." And I'm not even saying I'm not even going to say that you would have put the interim on him. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me that you would hire a guy that has no staff because half the staff just got fired and then say, oh, you figure it out. That, that, that to me, strikes me as just a completely lost year. Mm-hmm. And if that's what they're planning on doing, it really makes me nervous that you don't have a direction here. Big story today, University of Tennessee firing their head coach. Jeremy Pruitt's out the door. And Phil Fulmer's gone as well, resigning. Ten people let go from the uh, from the uh, the uh, uh, program. Thank you. I keep say I kept going through organization, administration. None of those happened uh, from the program today. Level one uh, violations were apparently uncovered in the internal investigation. That means they don't have to pay the buyout for Jeremy Pruitt. What will their next steps be? You'll find out as soon as we hear right here on ESPN Asheville. You're in the sports tank. Take all this. Burn it. Okay. Gasoline, kerosene, either one. Burn it. Okay. Uh, it's time to talk some NF, or excuse me, NBA here on ESPN Asheville. 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. Um, James Harden, his debut with the Brooklyn Nets went pretty well. Uh yeah, when you go thirty-two, twelve boards, fourteen assists, that's that's not bad. <laughs> He's the first guy to have a thirty-point triple double in his debut with a team. And here's the other thing: he showed up looking sprightly. He was very slender. He looked good, and it makes me wonder: did he actually buy a fat suit to wear it in Houston? No. Come on, you can't look at these pictures side by side and go, yeah, that's the same dude with no alterations. When he showed up in Houston, we made the fat jokes because he looked obese. He looked he looked a little large. Uh, you can't do that. I don't think that's physically possible. Like, I had a friend who was pretty skinny, but he could do that thing where he made his stomach poke out and make him look like he's got a big old beer belly. 
I, I, but still, he never was James Harden shape. Like when James Harden showed up in his Nets uh, warm-ups the other night, he looked like he's in the best shape of his life. And the guy who showed up for Houston a couple of weeks ago and was walking around those sidelines looked like a, a character out of Big Mama's house. This... <laughs> He he was he showed up definitely out of shape, but you can't lose twenty pounds in two weeks, can you? Mm. It wasn't that. I mean, it wasn't that long. He just played in he had just played in Houston the a few nights before. So I'm just saying, even if when he showed up and we went, oh, that's the fat pictures of James Harden. That was just a couple of weeks ago, and there's no way that he slimmed down that much. I know it's all conspiracy theory, but it's obvious he did everything he possibly could to make sure that his la- his final days in Houston were god-awful for the franchise. Oh, I mean, it, it, just look at the numbers he put up in Houston and what he did his first night in Brooklyn. Right. It was very obvious that he was trying to force his way yeah. out. He showed up looking like a 50-year-old man who had been sitting on the couch eating some Cheetos, drinking Natty Lights. Like I don't get it. He was he was he was pretty big, pretty which, big. Which makes me think. I mean, that would be the most James Harden thing ever. Just ran a fat suit just so you can. Oh, <laughs> I get it. That's not what happened, but that's exactly what it looks like. But I mean, you look at the last few games that he played in Houston. And look at the game that he had the other night in his debut with the Nets. And it's clear that he was just not even trying down the stretch. You know, we talked talked last week and I told you the story about the, the, you know, the coach got caught on an open mic admitting that James Harden quit on his team down the stretch in the game. There was actually a game, was this last week, I believe it was, uh, where he didn't get to the free throw line. Not once. I'm going to say that again. James Harden had a game where he did not get to the free throw line. This dude makes his living at the line. I mean, to take for example, the game the other night against the Orlando Magic. He was 13 of 15 from the free throw line. He got there routinely. In, in the previous four games, he hadn't even gotten there 15 times. In four games leading up to that. Now I get James Harden. You're not a James Harden fan. You've always been a James Harden doubter, Jeremy. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm and, 100%. And, and I don't fault you for that because I don't like him either. But this makes me hate him even more. To know that you're going to end your tenure with a team just throwing the games. Just to look as bad as possible. Well, I mean, if if you watched any of the games, it was pretty obvious. Oh, yeah. He was very passive. He, I mean, it was... It was it was just very obvious, but this is James Harden is actually the, the the model of what I was saying about Deshaun Watson. Yep. I'm not saying he would go to that extreme, but that's how contentious it can get. And if you're telling me the deal that they wound up getting after they let this snowball was what they would have gotten, oh, I don't know, a year ago, mm-hmm. you are out of your mind. It's a very similar situation between the two Houston franchises. The Texans messed up the Deshaun Watson call. And they're going to pay for it, just like the Rockets did 
not getting rid of James Harden when they had a chance to pro- possibly get a primo package for him, and they had to settle. And you see what happened. And now the, both of these franchises are going to be set back for years because of their indecision on the big player. We'll get to more of that of next. On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. All right, a UK woman suffered what uh, is being referred to as harrowing injuries after she made a major mistake when she was looking for a little snack during the day. Uh, This woman, I'm not going to try to pronounce her name, uh, but she is from Warwickshire, and apparently there were a bunch of boxes of candies all sitting around in one spot, and she reached over blindly grabbed one of the boxes, opened it up, reached inside, grabbed what she thought was some sweeties, threw them in her mouth, and it turned out to be those snap-and-pop things. (laughs) The little fireworks that are wrapped in paper that aren't really fireworks. You know, they're just rocks. We Mm -hmm. throw them on the ground. They make the big pop, and they They explode a little bit. They annoy me a lot. Yeah, they do. Um, Especially when people throw them at your feet, right? Yeah, they Uh, annoy me a lot. (laughs) I did that. To, I did that to Jeremy one day at a parking lot. I actually burnt his foot with one. But this I was woman rather perturbed. He was. He was. Uh, but this woman grabs some, throws them in her mouth, and said she didn't realize. Like when she first threw them in her mouth, she heard like a crackling sound. But she just thought it was like pop rocks or something. And then when she bit down, and those rocks rubbed together. Pow! Exploded in her mouth. She chipped a tooth and suffered burns inside her mouth. <laughs> and the laughing makes you sound a bit, a little bit like I'm a sociopath. Sorry. I, I'm sorry. I, I think this is hilarious because one, how did you not know? Uh, that you, would have been my number one question. When you read what candy that you throw in your, you know, just just throw a handful of them in your mouth are wrapped in paper. Right? That's a handy first question. Right. The bigger question would be, who put fireworks in the candy bowl? (laughs) They were apparently in the box. She didn't even look at the box. She just grabbed a box, grabbed a handful, threw it in her mouth. When she bit down, it exploded. Her biggest concern, though, is what if a child had done that? Uh, Does anybody else want to tell her? (laughs) I'm going to say that That's even a, a child would have figured that one out. So we both have stories about things happening in Europe that are a little bizarre. Okay. Jean Pachain is a French woman who is in year three of a very strange court battle. Uh-huh. And it's very strange because she's been legally dead for three years. Whoa. And she's appeared at every court hearing. How's that possible? <laughs> A French court declared her dead three years ago when she was sued by a former employee for 17,000 euro. Apparently, the employee had some disputes with the woman. She never received the court summons. So the employee said that she had died to expedite the process. Okay. Somehow, three years later of her being in front of the judge has not been enough for them to unwind this. <laughs> They repossessed her car and have not allowed her son to use their joint bank account. Oh, my. 
She says she lives in constant fear that they will repossess the family furniture. How? Yeah. What? But when when you show up and say, "Here, I'm not I dead." Feel like it should be pretty unwind to go. Oh, oops. So she's alive. <laughs> um, I, I I mean I don't know how hard it is to unwind those things, but I feel like it shouldn't take three years. I guess here's you'd my be biggest question. Here's my biggest question. You're going through a civil litigation with somebody, and you don't show up, and that person just goes, yeah, she died. <laughs> and they just went, okay, oh, all right, in your favor, we shall go. Case dismissed. I feel like that is a bad precedent to set with the legal system. <laughs> that is very strange. Are it, they- it's mind-boggling to me. Like, how did they just go, oh, I mean, she said it, so right. obviously, oh, let's, let's just sign the paperwork. I mean, it's a process. we got to go through the process of making sure this is who they who, who she says she is, because we don't know. I mean, she could have gone through that uh, that that face surgery with John Travolta and, and Nicolas Cage. It could I, be somebody that's on the lam and just posing as her. I think the most unsettling part of this is the last line. This is an AP story, by the way. Pushane remains stubbornly hopeful that her attorney's bid to overturn the judgment will succeed. <laughs> so it's not a done deal. I don't know. But you said it. You're here. <laughs> there are a lot of things that it's hard to prove that you are. Alive is not one of them. My big question is, uh, can we just start over? Can we just, can, can, can we, we all do a, this? Do we get a redo? Can we all just screw this up and go, uh, we're dead. I'm somebody else now. I feel like this sets a very bad precedent of people being able to fake their own death. <laughs> all right, this morning in the Sportsocracy, Facebook and YouTube Live every weekday morning at 9 a.m. Like it, share it, and follow it at the Sportsocracy on all the social medias. Jeremy and I got into this, the discussion about teams making the big decision on their superstar quarterback. Not even superstar quarterback, just young quarterbacks. Cleveland Browns are in this situation right now. The Baltimore Ravens are in this situation right now. Um, On and on and on, we've seen this play out over the years. Now, Jeremy says, once you know that your guy is not a guy to take you to the Super Bowl. Bailwater. Bailwater. Get out. Don't sign any contract extensions with him. Just let him go. Let that be some other team's problem. Mm -hmm. Because that's exactly what that's going to be. If the Baltimore Ravens ended up deciding not to give the extension to Lamar Jackson, some other team is going to come up and they are going to pay him the big bucks. Mm -hmm. But your theory or your stance is the Baltimore Ravens are such a well-run organization, they should not be the ones to make that decision. Correct. Okay. Now, that led you down this other path of how many NFL teams right now, given the decision or forced to make the decision Mm -hmm. of sticking with their quarterback and trying to win a Super Bowl, or moving on, how many would say, we're for sure going to stick with our guy? Yep. How many teams, if given a mulligan, look at their quarterback and go, I can win a Super Bowl with that guy? How many teams do you think look at their quarterback and go, I can win a Super Bowl with that guy? Now, understand, I'm taking out any quarterback that's over 40. 
Okay. So no Tom Brady, no Drew Brees. I understand Drew Brees is probably retired. He just didn't say it. Okay. That's a different scenario. You, you know, you have the opportunity to draft a 22-year-old kid, and you have a 43-year-old quarterback. Okay, I, I think we all know what would. So in this exercise, Aaron Rodgers is He's still in play. Yeah, he's okay. 36 or 38 or 30-something. Yeah. He's not 40-something. So, yes, he, he still counts. <laughs> he's getting up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I'm just going to look at it division by division. Okay. In the AFC East, there's one. Josh Allen. There's Josh Allen. That's it. Yes. AFC North, there's not one. Agreed. AFC South. There's not one. I don't want to say Deshaun Watson. There's not one. They can't win a, they cannot win a Super Bowl with Deshaun Watson as it's currently constructed. Gotcha. Because he's got a $40 million deal. They can't rebuild that team. I believe he is a quarterback who can win a Super Bowl. He's that good. What I'm saying is, all right, a team comes through. Let's say the, 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 the offers we've heard about Deshaun Watson and a team says, we'll give you four first round picks and our young quarterback. Done. All the way in. Yep. Reset the franchise. Let's go. Okay, so there's not one in the AFC South. Correct. Uh, in the AFC West, there's two. There's, uh, yep, I would agree with that. Justin Herbert with the Chargers and Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, excuse me. Sorry, Mom, didn't mean to do that. Patrick Mahomes with the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Um, We're at, by the way, just, I'll even give you Deshaun Watson. We're at four. Worst case scenario, we're at four. Okay. Keep going. It doesn't get much more swimming. Yeah. In the NFC East, there's not one. Correct. Um, yeah, actually, I don't know about that. Who? With Dak Prescott. No. You don't think anybody in the Dallas Cowboys organization looks at Dak Prescott and goes, that's a guy who can win us a Super Bowl. They, he cannot win you a Super Bowl because he's going to cost you $40 million. For, if you're going to pay Doug, a quarterback that much money, you better be a top five quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. Justin Herbert's on this list because he's young and cheap. And from what he showed earlier this year, you don't think Dak Prescott is that guy? Uh, no. Not at not at $40 million. Okay. I would disagree with you. I would say, given the choice right now, Dallas Cowboys would not walk away. I'm, I'm still at three, by the way. Okay. I, I'm giving you four just for posterity's sake. In the NFC North, we know there's only one. Correct. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, NFC uh, South. Uh, this one's fun. There's not one. Correct. Uh, ANFC West. Also a fun one. There's Russell Wilson. That's it. And that's it. Yeah. Congratulations. I'm at five. Mm-hmm. That's what I told you when we started this. I think there's five. And that's my point, is that you pay these mediocre quarterbacks. And and literally, it, you, you want my, my explanation for this? I did some digging in between shows. Okay. Here's the list of the top paid quarterbacks in the NFL next year. I'm going to do this in order. Ben Roethlisberger, $41 million. If given the opportunity, do you not think they would have unwound that three years ago? Absolutely. Because you get to this point, and now what do you do? All right, let's say he retires. You're still stuck with the dead cap money. The cash spent still comes against the cap. Mm -hmm. So you're $19 million down on Ben Roethlisberger no matter what he does. So I understand people that, you know, I love my house. I grew up in this house. Well, it has termites. That, I mean, it, cool. You love this structure. I've never understood people that fall in love with structures and things. Mm-hmm. I've, I've never gotten that. Mm-hmm. I've, li- I've owned several houses. I've lived in a bunch of houses. I've never looked at one and gone, I love this house. There's no amount of money you could give me for this house. If somebody walked in my driveway right now and said, I'll give you a half a million dollars for that house, I'd go, uh, do you need me out today? Do you need to check? Like, I, I mean, if you need me out today, I could make that happen. It's going to be a little tight, but... 
<laughs> okay. But see, people fall in love with their quarterbacks. And there are Pittsburgh Steelers fans that Ben's one of us and he's our guy. And when you signed the deal, you just went, okay. Yeah. In spite of the fact it was stupid. It was stupid at the time. Two, Matt Ryan. Terrible. Matt Ryan has never in his life been worth $40 million a year. Ever. He's never been a top five quarterback, not one second of his entire career. Not even the year he won the MVP. Don't care. He's still not a top five quarterback in the NFL. He was the best quarterback in the league that year. He was not a top five quarterback. Okay. You tell me at any point you honest to God thought he was better than Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees. I could keep doing this. Mm-hmm. Point case in point. Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers is three. Okay, yeah, you felt good about that. Drew Brees is four. He's forty one years old and he's gonna retire and leave you with a horrendous number. I know this is not the day to say, you know, with Drew, I think you should have known this about two years ago Mm -hmm. because this is Drew Brees' day. And he turned his shoulder and looked so wispy towards the field, and it was such a touching moment. (laughs) It was. It's fine. I don't have a conscience or a heart or a soul or what. We know this. I've heard all three on Twitter in the last week. So, you know, pick one, stick with it. We know. Carson Wentz, disaster. Mm -hmm. Jared Goff, disaster. Mm -hmm. Matt Stafford, Mm, not going win. Has he won a playoff game? That's what I thought. Yeah. Russell Wilson, that's fine. Then you go Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, Jimmy Garoppolo. You tell me who right there is feeling warm and fuzzy. And there's a reason because the talent level of these quarterbacks is pretty similar. If you look at Jimmy Garoppolo and Jared Goff on tape, they look strikingly like the exact same guy. Yes. You know what the difference is? One of them was pretty cheap and they allowed him to put Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks and. Uh, Cooper Cup around him, and then those pieces slowly start to erode because you can't afford them anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking at a guy like Lamar Jackson going, can you single-handed, can you do what Aaron Rodgers is doing right now? Can you win a Super Bowl with one receiver and nothing else? No. Then don't pay him. Period. Trade him, move off of him, whatever. Right. You will regret doing it, I promise you. Mm-hmm. And there are a hundred examples of this in the last 20 years. But But fans do this thing where... Well, we just don't want to be bad. Right. We don't want to be bad, and we don't have another alternative. That's what I was trying to tell you this morning. Mm-hmm. You keep saying, oh, what are you going to do? Who cares? I, I don't care. Something markedly cheaper. Draft a, a, draft another quarterback. Dra- I'll be honest with you. I would rather be the New Orleans Saints, who next and, and take Taysom Hill out of it, because that's a disaster. Right. Taysom Hill, by the way, is in the top 20 of quarterbacks paid next year. Uh-huh. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> I look at a team like the Saints who could, let's say they take Kyle Trask or Mac Jones at the back end of the first round. Mm-hmm. I would rather be that than tied to Baker Mayfield, who I know full well is never going to win me a Super Bowl. Oh, we'll go to the playoffs and we'll have a, a fun week and the whole city of Cleveland will love it. And this week you'll be at home with Baker Mayfield. I don't want to be that team. I'm not paying elite quarterback money to a non-elite quarterback. Right. And I look at Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield and Jared Goff, and there's probably 15 of these guys in the Jacoby NFL. Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett's in the top 15, <laughs> which that, that just that does something to me every time I see that. Right. And I look at these guys, and I just go, why? Why do you do this? Mm-hmm. So you'll be in that nebulous of the NFL? Yeah. There's a purgatory in the NFL that's six and ten, seven and nine, eight and eight, nine and seven. That is purgatory. Those are the worst teams in the NFL. Because I would much rather be two and fourteen for one year with the opportunity to turn my franchise around with a guy on a rookie deal for four years, real cheap. I can build the talent and then I can figure it out from there. Right. Then sitting here paying Ryan Tannehill thirty million dollars. Is there any world where Ryan Tannehill ever wins a Super Bowl? 
No. The answer to that is no. No. There is no galaxy. There are no stars. There are no moons that can line up that Ryan Tannehill wins the Super Bowl. Right. But the Tennessee Titans looked at it and go and went, we're relevant for the first time in forever. We got to break out the checkbook for Ryan Tannehill. Right. The guy the Miami Dolphins looked at and went, we're good. You, but you get to a point where you have to believe in your guy. He gets you to a point like Ryan Tannehill's a perfect example. Ryan Tannehill comes into the Tennessee Titans. Marcus Mariota gets benched. Ryan takes over, and they go gangbusters, and they make the playoffs, and they get a playoff win, and they come so close to going to the final game. And now you're stuck. Because mm-hmm. you can't turn away from a winner. You can't turn away from a guy who just got you to you know the doorstep of the Super Bowl. You have to buy in. You have to think it's going to be there. And you're not willing, as a GM or a head coach, to play that roulette. You're just not going to. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> 2017. Yep. The Minnesota Vikings have Case Keenum as their quarterback. <laughs> okay. And he's cheap, and he's efficient, and they get to where? They got to the NFC Championship. There game. you go. They got to the NFC Championship game, and they said, Case Keenum is not good enough. Mm -hmm. He's not good enough to be our guy. Right. And they go out, and they sign Kirk Cousins, who's $30 million. Do you think the day they signed that, they went, Kirk Cousins is going to lead us to a Super Bowl? No. No. You know what he's going to do? He's going to make you pseudo-relevant. Would you like to take a guess of the records of the Minnesota Vikings since they signed Kirk Cousins? Yeah, tell me. Uh, eight, seven, and one, ten, and six, and seven, and nine. You know what all three of those fall right into? That purgatory of the NFL, where you're just good enough to contend for the playoffs, maybe make the playoffs, and win absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. I would rather be the Jacksonville Jaguars, and it's not all that close. <sighs> I can't buy into that because as a fan base, you want to win, and you want to be, you want to feel like you have a shot. And if we're, I want to have this- a shot to win Super Bowls. I don't want to go to the playoffs and get my heart broken every year. I'm a Jets fan. I watched this do this for 15 years. I don't want to be that. Right. I want to have that elite guy. I want to have that 5-10 to 10 year run with Pat Mahomes where I, I got the guy, I have the guy, I am a legitimate contender to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Buffalo Bills, I'm looking at you. How many first-round quarterbacks did you have? How many J.P. Lozemans did you have? And Trent Edwards, mm-hmm. and on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. When do you get to an AFC Championship game? When you draft Josh Allen, because you cratered out, you drafted seventh, and you took a risk on a high ceiling guy, and you built around him. And guess what? It's a small window, because Josh Allen is a great quarterback. Right? Do I think he's Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes level? Not necessarily. He is this year. And you have Stephon Diggs, and you have all the toys, and you have the defense, and you can make a run. Right. But when you pay Josh Allen $40 million, am I sure that you can get back here? Absolutely not. But you're Which not. is why I'm saying you enjoy it when it comes. Mm-hmm. And Josh Allen's one of those guys that, yeah, you would have to pay. Baker Mayfield is not. And when they give you, and when things like yesterday happen, and they give you the, this on a platter of saying, this is what I am, I legitimately think 25 quarterbacks in the NFL would have won that game yesterday against Kansas City Chiefs when Pat Mahomes went out. Baker Mayfield's not one of them. Mm -hmm. And so if you look at him and you give him a $30 million deal, and then you lose all the toys and you're irrelevant for the next five years, don't say I didn't tell you so. Yep. I got a feeling, though, they're going to make that mistake. Because some fans just want to be relevant. And you can't turn on your fan base and go, this is the guy that got us here, and now we're going to let him go. For nothing. It's not about having a good guy. 
It's about having the right good guy. Because mm-hmm. I want to contend for Super Bowls, not for playoff spots. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green on ESPN Asheville. Coming up after the break, we'll have a monkey knife fight. Time to play a monkey knife fight at monkeyknifefight.com. Daily fantasy sports props. I promise, I promise, I promise, I promise I will not be involved in this one and jinx it like I did on Friday. Yeah, you you are the kiss of death. I am the kiss of death. So uh, monkeyknifefight.com. It's all the daily fantasy sports prop fun you can have. Go on and make your account today if you have not. Use the promo code TANK, T-A-N-K, and they will match your initial investment up to $50. They will also give you a $5 free play, which you can use on Jeremy's game tonight. I am playing the more or less 2x2, 3.2x multiplier in the Milwaukee Bucks and Brooklyn Nets. I will take more than 29.5 points for both Giannis Antetokounmpo and Kevin Durant. This is going to be a shootout. Uh There will be a lot of points, and they're going to be predominantly... By these two players and James Harden and Chris Middleton. Mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty safe bet. I think this one is... I, I'm not going to say it's free money because seemingly every time I say that, I'm wrong. <laughs> so, I'm right. not going to say that. Right. By, but, by the way, Fridays uh, did not hit uh, because Luka Doncic scored one less bucket than he should have. Yeah, because somebody was on him when he shouldn't have been. Well, uh, the old Tank Spencer kiss of death. wonder who that could have been. Mm-hmm. You can blame it on me all the time. You always do. I tend to do that. Now, we'll see you in the morning, 9 a.m. in the Sportsocracy, Facebook and YouTube Live, 9 a.m.